Yeah. Check it out. See, the only thing you need to do right here is snarl your freaking head. Boy, it's August 3rd and it's episode 141 and this is the Fantasy Football Auctioneer Podcast. The Fantasy Football Auctioneer Podcast, the official podcast of the FantasyFootballAuction.com. The internet's only website dedicated to fantasy football auctions. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Fantasy Auction or follow us on Facebook. We are Facebook.com backslash Fantasy Football Auctioneer. Got a great show for you tonight. Tonight we're going to answer one listener question. We're going to take a look a little bit at some fantasy football news, and then we're going to dive right into quarterbacks and tight ends. Uh, tonight is no slim, so it's just Blister and I tonight. So just going to think, uh, Blister, um, he's laying in bed eating chips and dip. Blister, how's it going tonight? <laughs> good man, good. Uh no chips and dip. Um good, but good. I wish I had some chips and dip. <laughs> but everything else is going fine. Everything else is going fine. Good. Well Slim couldn't make it tonight. We're doing a Wednesday nighter, so it's just gonna be Blister and I. We're gonna like I say, go through uh answer a question, do some news, and then talk about quarterbacks and tight ends. So let's just move right into it here, Blister. If you guys are ready, then I'm ready. Let's cock the hammer. It's time for action. All right, so good show tonight. Quarterbacks and tight ends. It's August. Training camps are underway. This means that we start bringing in positional themed podcast so that uh, tonight we're going to do quarterbacks and tight ends and i think blister next week we're looking at maybe doing a live mock if i looked at yeah, the schedule properly. we should do that yeah yeah i think it did say live mock next week we should do that i haven't done one for a while and i did want to look i wanted to get a, a better feel of the numbers and what prices people were going for i'm in a couple of drafts right now and they're slightly different setups than our just normal straight up auction. So a, a mock draft would probably help uh, quite a bit in terms of getting a feel for the values and where things are things are at right now. So hopefully we can pull that off next week. Yeah, so we can do a hopefully a live mock next week and then uh, follow that up with some rece- receiver talk and running back talk, and then it's I mean deep into the preseason and getting ready for. Um, for the Thursday night kickoff game. So, so Blister, this data force has been kind of like a mock for us, our first auction of the off season. So we're just, uh, taking a look at some of the numbers now. Your draft is complete. The draft is still going on, but you got all 18 players, eh, Blister? I did, yeah. It was um, dataforceff.com trying to promote the site. Uh, they hosted our auction for free and provided the prizes, so it's pretty cool. But pretty happy with my team. Like I, I talked a bit about this last pod, and it's a it's a little bit different in in the sense that it's a best ball, but you can pick up. You have one waiver wire move per week, so I was thinking in best ball format that I needed to have depth versus the studs and scrubs that I probably right. would typically go with. So so I finished off, I picked up two defenses. I I, I put in some pre-bids and I went out fishing, 
great day in the league, but it, <laughs> I thought if I'm going to go with best ball format, I'm, I was only going to go with one of the better. If I could get a top three defense and a top three kicker, then I would just run with those guys all year long and, and I wouldn't worry about streaming or picking up her best ball. I just hope for the best with them and then try to get more depth at receiver and stuff like that. So my last bid was uh, $2 on the Vikings defense and I got the Arizona Cardinals for $3. Typically in a draft, I might not pay five bucks on two defenses, but I had the money and I wanted to be done. <laughs> uh, yeah, I picked right. up Dwayne Allen. Yeah, Dwayne Allen for six or Shaw Jennings for only three. I was willing to pay more, but nobody had the money left, I guess, at the time to bid me up. Frank Gore for 10. Uh, Marcus Wheaton, I was pretty happy with for $3 as well. Ladarius yeah. Green for seven. Uh, Crabtree for 10. <laughs> Philip Rivers for seven. Alan Hearns for six only. Cause I still can't believe Alan Hearns goes so straight years in a row, uh, finishing up wide receiver two numbers and, People still don't give him any respect. Delaney Walker for nine, Larry Fitz for thirteen, Kevin White for twelve, Drew Brees for seven, Randall Cobb for thirty-one. I don't know how much I like that one. Josh yeah. Gordon for six, Eddie, Eddie Lacy for thirty-two, Doug Martin third. Yeah, so not too bad. I think I have four starting running backs. Uh, you only need to run two of them: Doug Martin, Eddie Lacy, Frank Gore, and Rashad Jennings. So uh, if I can get two decent performances out of them, uh, receiver Josh Gordon, Randall Cobb, Kevin White. So Josh Gordon and Kevin White are the the big uh, question marks. Guess, yeah, the question marks are the the two that could really turn the tide for me. They both, I think, have potential to be outstanding receivers. Uh, Josh Gordon's got to get back to his old form, and Kevin White hasn't shown us played a snap in the NFL yet. So that's the two question marks. But if they can put up you know, even wide receiver two type numbers, I think I'll be doing pretty good. Uh, yeah. with, and Larry Fitzgerald, I think was number six overall last year. Alan Hearns is always number two. Michael Crabtree was top 15, I believe. Marcus Wheaton, I expect big things out of him since Bartavis Bryant is out. Le'Veon Bellis is going to miss some games. So I think Wheaton, um, could be in line for, you know, 75 plus catches this year and, and possibly have the best, uh, best year of his career. So so there with that go. draft, I was quite happy. Yeah. yeah well, I was pretty happy. well, I was pretty happy too. Um, I mean, we talked about it last week. My start with Kelvin Benjamin for 25, Allen Robinson for 40, uh, Jordan Matthews for 16, and Mike Evans for 34. So pretty stacked at receiver there. And with it being best ball, I think I have good consistency there. And those guys are probably all going to be scoring for me you know, for the most part, for all 16 weeks. The running back, I picked up Matt Forte for 22 and Carlos Hyde for 19. I was happy with both of those prices. I think that that tier of running back is going to be pretty solid, especially in this format. Uh, I picked up Melvin Gordon for nine, and I actually don't mind Melvin Gordon. The more I've been looking, the more I've been seeing the amount of touches and, and you know, if he's going to be healthy and all those things, I think that uh, he should be able to perform – past that $9 mark anyways. And then I also got Theo Riddick for $5 a little bit later in the draft in round 14, and I was happy with that too. He goes undervalued, just like you were um, talking about with Alan Hearns too. I mean, people are never high on him, and then when you look at his numbers, you go, whoa, PPR, he's a he's an animal. Right, Blister? You're still here? Yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah, I'm still okay. here, yeah. No, I, I thought that was a good deal on Theo Riddick. I mean, 
there's less competition there for him this year too. If Amir Abdullah struggles out of the gate, he's going to get more looks. They're going to pass the ball a lot, I think, this year in Detroit. And with uh, Jim Bob Cooter running the show, and I think he's going to be in line for catching more, even more passes. He caught 80 last year, I think it was. So that's a that's a great buy, and I think it gets to the point in the draft where people just don't want to believe that he can produce. But it's just like a Danny Woodhead; he could produce like those kind of numbers and potentially yeah. be a top 15 back again in the PPR league. So I went, and then I so. kind of shot for the fences with the you know. Back into the draft in my, with my wide receivers anyways, I was looking for high upside guys. And so I picked up Doriel Green Beckham for six, Nelson Aguilar for two, and then the big hype train on Bruce Ellington with the Chip Kelly offense. So I got him for three bucks. My quarterbacks right now, it is best ball. Jameson Win, Jameis Winston for two, Andy Dalton for two, and then I have three tight ends. Um, Again, it's best ball, so I was going to go two. I ended up with three. It worked out okay. I got Eric Ebron for four, Jimmy Graham for three, and Charles Clay for one. So hopefully any given week I'm getting out of those three, I can get a it's a tight you know a tight end 10, let's say, even, and that, that'll be okay by me considering guys like Colby Fleener went for 17 and uh, Greg Olson went for 17, and, you know, you spent – uh, 16, 22 bucks on, on tight ends. So hopefully with my $8 on tight ends, I can at least score on a top 12. One of them can. And then I got, uh, Houston D for two bucks and Dan Bailey for dollars. So I have a kicker too. So I'm pretty happy with the way things shook out. Um, the first part of my draft, I probably, Got real lucky. I didn't have Wi-Fi, and then my drafts started going a little bit south after that when I could actually pay attention to it. But I'm pretty happy with the team. I mean, if I can pick up a team like this in a couple more auctions this year, I think I'll be pretty pumped. Yeah, you broke up a lot during your little talk of your team there again. I don't know uh, when you look back. Can you, can you like, splice yourself back in when you listen to it, edit it? Um, That can cut my – well, I can cut me. I can cut you, yeah. I can cut whatever I want. Whatever you want. Yeah, so, yeah, not a, not a bad little t- team, like both teams. I think I like our chances. Uh, I like having three tight ends. Uh, you mentioned, I think you mentioned them, Delaney Walker. I have Ladarius Green and Dwayne Allen. So three guys I think could all vie for top ten easily. And, um, you know, perfect for ball format. They could all help at, at some point, I hope. Yeah, well, and we were talking off air before we started recording about some of the deals that kind of stuck around there late too and talking about this idea. Well, actually, you know what? Why don't we save it? And I think it helps with our, with our question tonight, right? Very similar, yeah. I think. Yeah. Okay. So why don't we do that? Let's move it. Yeah. So let's just do that and then we can, we can maybe make some reference to some of those deals there too. So let's move into our first segment here, Blister. This one's called We Just Got a Letter. We just got a letter, we just got a letter, we just got a letter, wonder who it's from. All right, so we just got a letter, well, um, actually it was a direct message from our friend Derek Myers, the defending Scott Fishbowl champion, Derek Myers. Um, he asked this question, hey guys, I heard this on, the, on a competitor's podcast, uh, Dave Richard. Um, anyways, he was listening to, to another podcast and I thought he might be interested, uh, might bring it up for us to discuss on the podcast. So let's assume that the top three wide receivers 
um, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, and Odell Beckham go for 60 bucks a piece. Is there any chance it would be viable strategy to buy all three and go super cheap everywhere else with the remaining 20 bucks, assuming the normal $200 budget? So he's saying this. Let's, he goes, he spends 180 bucks on, on Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, and Odell Beckham. And now he has 20 bucks left over. Can he make a viable team blister? Well, I, I, let's go through it real quick. I think A, we might be fortunate to get them all for 60. I just look at the recent draft we were just talking about. Julio went for 59, Odell 63, and Antonio 64. But let's just say he did get them all for 60. You could easily splice together a couple quarterbacks. I think if you're looking now, we're looking at 20 bucks and we have an 18 team roster you got 15 buck or 15 spots to fill so you're looking at a dollar per guy with about what four guys worth two dollars maybe i think that's what it works out to um so at quarterback matthew stafford and joe flacco alex smith jay cutler i mean there's a lot more after that but you could easily take two of those guys and stream them because you're going to have to probably stream them at this point so quarterback won't be an issue um i think wide receiver i think you can do a decent job. You've got three, so you're probably not really concerned about your other wide receivers because who are you going to start over those three guys unless it's a bye week? But exactly. looking at $1 receivers, Rashard Matthews, Mohamed Sadu, Pierre Garçon, Robert Woods, Philip Dorsett, LaFell, Jalen Strong, Mike Wall. Like, there's a lot of guys there that if you only need uh, three or four more of them uh, at a buck a piece, you can easily get uh, $1 receivers to, to backfill. Yep. Uh, tight end, we go over to tight end, and um, again, tight end might be a little bit, uh, might be a little bit iffier, but you got guys like Charles Clay right now. Jordan Cameron could have a bounce back year with the uh, auto offensive coordinator they have there. Will Ty potentially, if you had to go to a two to a two dollar tight end, Jason Witten's only going for a couple of bucks, so. Easily, you could pick up again. You'd probably be streaming there, so two two of those guys minimum. Obviously, kicker and defense yep. are easy to pick up at a dollar piece. Then you go to running back. That's where I get a little bit concerned at running back. Um, you can pick up some guys that have potential, but they might not be producing for you for quite a while. If I'm thinking, I'm thinking about guys like. Uh, you know, Kenyon Drake or, you know, Darren Sproles, he might be okay to get you through some games at the start. Uh, Jordan Howard, CJ Procise, Tim Hightower, Kenneth Dixon, all these kind of rookies that are, you know, potentially could take over at some point, but it's probably not going to be very early on. Josh Ferguson, you know, Darren McFadden might not be a bad guy to grab right now. Ezekiel Elliott's kind of banged up and who knows how long that'll linger. Um, Cameron Artis Payne, CJ Spiller. So I guess that would be the biggest, uh, scary part. I mean, if you had to spend a couple bucks on extra guy, a uh, couple bucks on guys, you might be able to go up and get Tevin Coleman. He's going cheap right. if you're lucky. You might get real lucky and get Jarek McKinnon. Um, you know, guys like Blyle Powell, thing, guys like that. So I think you could do it potentially because yeah. I, the only position I really, have concerns with would be the uh, running back position. Are you going to have enough talent there to get you through as you're going to have a lot of talent everywhere else. But a lot of the guys that I just mentioned are either in a running back by committee or they are at the back end of the depth chart for now, but have the potential to get to the top. So it would be a pretty risky move in the sense that you might be losing, you know, a good running back each week could be putting up 20 plus points. So if you're dropping 40, 
because you really have nothing in that position, it could be a pretty big gap to make up. Well, I think what you might want to do is let's say you go Odell Beckham and Julio, let's say they're both 60, and then maybe come back with a, like a Jordy Nelson, you know, under 40, and then you can have those $3 running backs, right? And if you look in our draft, and we were talking about this just like I said before we got on the air, um, Chris Ivory for two, Rashad Jennings for three. Um, I mean, Jeremy Hill went for only six bucks. Justin Forsett for four. You, you know, Crowell was three dollars. Uh, Theo Riddick for five. Like you start getting into those three, four, five dollar running backs and you might be able to make yourself a little committee there. Absolutely. With those guys there, you could probably add in Arian Foster and Charles Sims and different guys like that. And so let's say you take two of the top three wide receivers and like you say, you have 60 bucks basically to spread around between those running backs and whatever else you want to spread around. Like you could still stick to dollar positions everywhere else, but you could even go up and get, you know, two $30 running backs if you wanted to, or go for a Carlos Hyde or, you know, these other guys, uh, LaShawn McCoy, Different guys like that, and all of a sudden now you have two starting running backs, and all your dollar running backs are fine because those two starters, you know, you hope to get maybe five, six, seven weeks out of them if it's a Rashad Jennings or somebody like that, like you were mentioning. And then by the time those one dollar guys are playing, like you've 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 got through to that point. Like I, I say it all the time. I got to quit bringing it up, but guys like David Johnson last year, you knew he had the talent. You sat on him. If you drafted him for a dollar ten year draft, and you waited and waited, and finally he come out right right in time to lead you into the playoffs and into the championships. So there will be guys like that out there. There'll be guys like every year. There's guys out there that we don't even talk about. Nobody talks about. And suddenly they're, you know, they're irrelevant at some point in the season, especially at running back. So it's a, it's a bold strategy, um, but it could be worked or could be tweaked slightly and probably worked to success as well. Yeah. And that's, I mean, basically he's talking about RB zero, doing an RB zero draft. And I do like the idea, Derek, of asking us the question because I'm sure on the CBS podcast, they weren't talking about it as an auction. They were talking about going RB zero and, and uh, doing it as a snake draft. So taking some of those same principles of the snake draft, which we hear, you know, all the other pundits talking about, but converting it into auction. Um, I like the question because it's uh, uh, auction gives you the ability to really be flexible and, and make these types of moves in a snake draft. You're never going to be able to draft uh, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, or Noel Beckham. They can't, they'll never be on your team no, unless sure. you have, unless you have three picks in the first five, um, in, in a five man draft, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you 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 ain't getting them. Yeah, so, that's for sure. So good good question, Derek. So if you have questions for us, you can tweet us at fantasy auction. You can email us at football auctioneer at gmail dot com. Derek sent us a, a direct message at um, fantasy auction, and that's how this one got on. So there's a lot of different ways you can contact us. You can message us on Facebook. We've had guys do that before as well. So that. Uh, is an easy way for you to get a hold of us is in any of those fashions. So that was uh, segment number one. We just got a letter. Blister, let's move quickly into segment number two. We're not going to buy or sell tonight. We're just going to do segment number two, fantasy football news. All right. So I just decided to take a quick little look at some quarterback and tight end news so that we can get right into quarterbacks and tight ends. 
So, Blister, we won't even do uh, necessarily a buy or sell. Let's just talk about some of the implications here. Okay. Does that sound okay? All right. Absolutely. So, all right. So, the Bronco quarterback battle seems to be far from decided. So, this is according to Pro Football Talk. On Wednesday, which is today, when we're recording, Coach Gary, uh, Gary Kubiak made it clear that he won't know who the starter will be for a while. And uh, this is interesting because we have Mark Sanchez, who was looked like he was going to be the number one. Then they draft Paxton Lynch. And then uh, we still got uh, – how do you pronounce this guy's name? I'm gonna. I want to say Seaman, but I know I'm not going to be saying it right. <laughs> yeah, Simeon. There it is. Oh, no. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's it, Coach Pow 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 Pow. That's how uh, I never know how to read read any names. Anyways, we got those three <laughs> options right now, um, in the mix. And the co- he made some comments at, about this after practice, where that left Kubiak very unimpressed with all three of his op- options. Surprise, surprise. So anyways, Blister, does it really matter right now as far as fantasy purposes who the quarterback's going to be to start week one? I don't think it really matters to us because I think everyone's probably holding them all kind of under the same sense that nobody's really wanting to draft quarterback. Um, if anything, we all think that, you know, the running game will be featured because they're, in all situations they need to get the ball of the quarterback's hands quick. So a guy like C.J. Anderson hopefully will be putting up bigger numbers than what a lot of people are expecting. And we do all worry in all situations about the wide receivers, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders. We don't really have a tight end, so to speak, there that we we, we have had uh, any fantasy history or success with. So it really comes down to those two guys. And Cody Latimer apparently looked okay in camp the other day, which we expected that for a couple of years. No, the quarterback doesn't make a big deal. I mean, I, yeah. I think – I don't – I mean, we know Sanchez. And as bad as he has been, everybody remembers a butt fumble. I do remember guys scrambling <laughs> to the waiver wire and wanting to start him when he was running into Chip Kelly offense. And he yeah, actually right. put up decent fantasy numbers. And and you know what? I, I think as long as he's – got half a mind who would know to a stud like Demarius Thomas and let him go up and get and Demarius is good enough to still put up quality fantasy numbers he did when he had Tim Tebow in town. So I think he could still be fine. I think Paxton Lynch might offer a little bit more uh running ability and probably would maybe even run a couple into the end zone if he had the opportunity, which would also help. But again, nobody's really drafting those guys as their starting quarterback. You don't need to. There's so many other quarterbacks out there. So uh no, it doesn't matter to me. Right, and I mean, it doesn't matter for any of the other skilled positions in Denver. Not necessarily either, right? Because they're all the same. Not really. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like I say, they, they like I say, the running, you know, should be featured no matter who starts. And we have right. a little bit of concern with the receivers, and I think that's why Demarius Thomas goes as late as he does, or for as cheap as he does now. Right. Okay. Let's move into the second one. Bucks named Cameron Brait the starting. Tight end. So in a nod to the hardworking undrafted free agent, this is according to NFL.com and a warning to the highly touted second round pick Buccaneers head coach has now confirmed a shakeup atop the team's tight end depth chart on Wednesday, which is today. So Cameron Brait right now, Blister is the, is the tight end. Well, I don't know if he's tight end to own necessarily because it's still early in camp, but um, does this, 
mean anything like to really scare you off of ASJ or um, are you sneaking into Cameron Brait for a dollar right now if you're drafting this early without looking at any preseason tape? I am uh, sneaking in Cameron Brayton in a few spots. Uh, I actually traded ASJ in a dynasty league for a second round pick for next year. So that there was to our good friend <laughs> Slim. So um, I don't know. Slim might have more faith in him than I do at this point, but I just figured that again, there was a situation where we're going to pare down our roster anyways. And I wasn't planning on cutting him, but if I, if makes it one last guy that I'll have to cut down the road, if I can trade him off for a pick for the, for the future. So, Cameron Brait uh, actually had uh, I got the right year up here three touchdowns last year. Um, Safarian Jenkins had three. Cameron Brait had 288 yards uh, in seven games, or the uh, no tw- 12 games, and and ASJ played seven games, so he had 338. You know, ASJ's had a lot of bad press lately coming into camp. Uh, yeah, they sent him home. You know, he's sent home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows what to think at this point between the two guys? Like, I think, um, the thing I read today was ASJ's, you know, has the right attitude, says he knows how good he is and he just got to come out and play. And at this point in the year, it's hard to say, uh, who, you know, if it's coach speak, if it's trying to light a fire under the guy, if it's trying to see what they really got or if they really are, you know, fed up with this guy. So it's hard to say because there's actually other tight ends too in, in Tampa Bay that, you know, at one point, you know, we either had hope in or were had some fantasy relevance. So it'll be interesting to see how this does shake out. But yeah, I, I, I think, you know, again, there's a lot of depth at tight end right now. And if, you know, unless you're, if you're in a best ball or, uh, you know, like a draft and goal, things like that, you might not really need to worry about the tight end situation in Tampa Bay at this point, much like the Denver quarterback situation, but something to monitor right. because there are obviously guys that you're going to be able to pick up for very cheap, no matter who becomes a starter. Right. Okay. So, I mean, I didn't want to go through it. All the news, if, if you look at it, is about so-and-so look good today, so-and-so didn't look good today, so-and-so, uh, you know, left practice with a sore hammy or whatever. But the couple of things I thought were a little bit interesting, Blister, just to cap off the news, was James Jones to the Chargers because of the Stevie Johnson injury. Does that intrigue you there where you were talking about Inman earlier? Yeah, I think it is interesting because I actually thought Stevie Johnson might have a decent year this year. Uh, I picked him up in a lot of my best ball leagues, and he was on a lot of rosters, and you know, that's too bad because I can't, I can't really drop him. But the worst yeah. part is I can't replace him. But I think James Jones could probably slip in there quite easily. And, um, you know, he's a veteran and he's had good years. And the thing is, he goes to a quarterback too that likes to throw the ball, Phillip Rivers. You know, when he left uh, Green Bay for a while and went to Oakland, he did okay, but he didn't have that established veteran quarterback. And he goes to, you know, leaving and went back to Aaron Rodgers and was putting up Tight, uh, touchdowns and numbers again. And now he goes to a guy like Philip Rivers, who they're going to throw the ball quite a bit, no doubt about it. And if he can play the slot, like probably Stevie Johnson would have, I think he's a guy that could, you know, flourish and, uh, you know, look at probably making, uh, three, four, five catches a game, perhaps. And, and probably you're, you know, maybe not quite a wide receiver three, but a guy weeks at, at the very minimum, maybe a wide receiver. Yeah, and he might be interesting in DFS uh, at some point too. If you see For him sure. going, he'll be be dirt cheap. Yeah. So um, things to keep in mind. So then the second thing that I thought was a little bit interesting too, Blister, was Reggie Bush is now a Buffalo Bill. There's 
it's pretty messy in that Bills backfield. Um, any interest in Reggie Bush or any comments about the Bills backfield? Well, it is a mess. I'm not really interested in Reggie Bush, but I would probably be it'd be a guy I'd want monitor throughout the course of the next month to see how he's looking out there because LeSean McCoy, I mean, he hasn't really impressed for the last little while and he you know, he has a lot of signs pointing up. He could be in for a good year, a bounce back type of a year, but yeah, my my confidence isn't too high in him. But then you look at Carlos Williams, who's suspended. Jonathan Williams has got himself in trouble off the field, too, the rookie that they drafted. Mike Gillisley is there. Um, I have a couple shares in him here and there, but, again, not a lot of, you know, faith. Yeah. And, that, you know, it doesn't mean that he's not good because they brought in Reggie Bush, but they definitely don't have a lot of depth if the two Williamses are out. Um, so I think it's just a situation. Now that you monitor, I, I won't and probably never will, but he's going to start uh, in Buffalo at some point. You're going to want to have a starting running back. Yeah. Well, and I, so you don't have any like Chris Johnson feel out of this when Chris Johnson signs with the Cardinals. We're like, eh, Chris Johnson, and then kaboom, he just goes. No, not so much. I just don't like that offense as much in Buffalo. Sammy Watkins, you know, I think he's going to be fine. There's so much talk about Sammy Watkins, you know, with this injury, but I think he'll be fine. Um, for the start of the year and, and, and do great. But, you know, that's good that they're talking. A lot of people are talking about it because that keeps his cost down right now because right. a lot of people are scared off. But overall, that offense isn't as scary as the Arizona Cardinal one. Right. Okay. So that's a fans football news blister. Let's get into the, the meat of the show here. Uh, tonight we want to take a look at uh, quarterbacks and tight ends. So let's start off with a fans football quarterbacks blister. Um, what are you looking at as far as strategy at the quarterback position heading into the 2016 drafts? Well, I'm probably, I'm going to say a couple things, uh, but one, um, might contradict it a little bit later on uh, based on some <laughs> of the stuff I've been, I gotta do a little bit more research, but you know, right now yeah. I do see like Cam Russell, Andrew Luck and A-Rod going for over $20 and even into the thirties with Cam and, you know, I, I look back to every other year. Like Andrew Luck last year was the guy who would go for 35. There's always somebody, right? A-Rod's usually up there. Um, at one point, Drew Brees is in there, and Tom Brady's been around there, those numbers at times too. Peyton Manning. But I really don't remember any of our auction the winners ever having one of these expensive quarterbacks on it. Do you recall right. anything like I that? Don't, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think no. so. I think we always chirp the guy for spending so much on a quarterback. We usually do. So I still. I mean, as much as I like Cam and he helped us win it. Actually, he did help us win the ECL title, but that was different That's last right. year because he got half a point per rush, and so he he got us a lot of extra points that way. Um, which I think in a situation like that, then a guy like Cam or Russell might be worth a few bucks because of the value there. But I think like I, I crunch some numbers and I'll go over them later. Like my probably strategy this year is going to be looking at getting you know, I might get a seven or eight dollar quarterback or I might even drop down to the a couple two or three dollar quarterbacks depending on uh you know how the draft is going and how my money is being spent. But I definitely can imagine, you know, even if Cam went was went cheap at twenty dollars or Russell went for seventeen and Luck and Aaron Rodgers, you know, that would be a hell of a deal 
on those guys, but I still feel that I could get great production from a three or four dollar quarterback and spend the other yeah. fifteen bucks on my running back or receiver. So I just have a hard time doing that. And it, it's hard when you see such a deal on the board, but at the same time, I still look at it as a less twenty dollars, and most of that I could have put into a, a better running back or receiver. What about yourself, Bucks? Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. I like that two to three dollar range which gets you into that quarterback, you know, 15, 16, 17 type of a, of a thing. Um, I don't mind it at all. I'd rather spend my money elsewhere as well. Cause I don't think there's uh, on a consistent week to week basis, much of a difference from, I don't know, let's say quarterback 14 to quarterback 24. I think that any one of those guys, like that's, it's a giant tier and it kind of looks like tight end, right. Where, on any given day, one guy's going to look good, but you know, are you taking Mariota, are you taking Tony Romo, or are you taking Andy Dalton, or Winston, or Tannehill? Like, I mean, they're all a dime a dozen and a dime literally. And I think that that's kind of where I'm going to gun. Just when you were talking, I was thinking to myself, um, it would be interesting in your first or second nomination, let's say, to say uh, Jameis Winston for two dollars and see what happens. Yeah. Right, and then well, maybe it would be. nail them, and now now you're set. Well, and especially early on, people are going to think, "Well, there's 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 no there's like 30 other quarterbacks out there. I'm not going to spend three on Winston right now." You know, like I think you'd probably get them. You know, I was looking at you know looking at quarterback. I mean, you hear so much, especially in the last couple of years, thanks to JJ, of all the talk about streaming quarterbacks, streaming quarterbacks. So I started looking at. You know, a couple of things. I started, I went back to as far as 2011 and I looked at how many quarterbacks got over 300 plus fantasy points and it was 12. Um, six of them got over 350 plus fantasy points and five quarterbacks in 2011 got over 400 plus fantasy points. So I looked at that. So in 2011, 12 guys in total over 300 fantasy points. Okay. Okay. Now, in 2012, we had 14 over points. Only three went over 400, but 14 went over 300, 10 went over 350. In 2013, we had 16 quarterbacks go over 300. The, the number that was over 350 went down to six, and only two went over 400. But in 2014, we had 17 quarterbacks shoot go, go over 300 fantasy points, uh, seven over 350, and two over 400. And in 2015, we had 18 quarterbacks go for over 300 fantasy points, 12 for over 350, and 3 over 400. So basically, the number that keeps increasing is the number of quarterbacks going for over 300 fantasy points in a season. It went from 12 to 14 to 16 to 17 to 18. The number over 400 hasn't been as consistent. It went from 5, 3, 2, 2, 3. So you're looking at two or three guys in there. And I thought, okay, that's one interesting stat. Also, then, how many quarterbacks, you know, are averaging over 20 fantasy points per game. And so that number went from 11 to 15 to 18 to 20 to 26. So guys are averaging over 20 fantasy points per game. Uh, guys averaging more than 23 fantasy points per game went from 7, 8, 5, 6 to 10 fantasy. So Overall, the number of fantasy points per game is going up. The number of quarterbacks throwing for, you know, you got 26 guys in 2015 that averaged 20 fantasy points per game at quarterback. So that's a yeah. huge number compared to back yeah. in 2011 where only 11 quarterbacks did. So in 2011, you're looking at, you know, there's still 11 
basically almost 11 guys, obviously, that are QB1 material that you didn't have to spend big bucks on. So out of that quick research, and what I'll probably do is I'll probably throw us on a, some kind of a nice little chart so good, that people good. can do it, and I'll throw it on the site. But, um, you know, there's a lot of – we know that there's a lot of quarterbacks. It's more and more obvious all the time that there's there's plenty of quarterbacks out there that if you wanted to pick one quarterback and have one quarterback go, you know, be your man for the year. You know, in 2015, you could have had 12 guys that are getting over 350 points, which is, you know, when you break it down, there's three, 12 guys over 350. That means that there's only three different guys that are over four. And so basically there's nine guys between 350 and 400 points. And then there's three more guys over 400 points. So when you break mm-hmm. that down into the cost, you know, those top three guys are probably costing you the 25, 30 bucks, but then there's nine other guys that are probably costing you between seven, eight, six dollars one dollar guys that so all of a sudden you know for 50 point difference over 16 weeks you're you're looking at about three points a week only versus you take that 20 bucks difference in price and pour that into a running back could be obviously a huge difference and huge gain right so that's why we keep talking about quarterbacks like this year when you look at the list from this year um of all the guys that are out there like based on that Becks, like what? Who do yeah. you like? Like knowing that you don't probably have to spend twenty, thirty-three bucks on Cam Newton, or twenty-five on Andrew Luck. Like you look down that list, and there's some guys that I'll point out, like Matthew Stafford. He's going for about a buck. We have him ranked twenty-first. Jim Bob Cooter is the offensive coordinator. When he took over last year, Matthew Stafford's numbers were pretty phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, where do I have it? Right here. He was putting up QB1 numbers consistently, and uh, I just want a slow computer here one second. I think it's not working. Oh, here we go. Slowly but surely. But a guy like Matt, I mean, Matthew Stafford isn't a guy I had been targeting either. He ended up finishing as the eighth-ranked quarterback last year, which I can't, you know, it's hard to believe. He had 4,200 yards. 32 touchdowns to only 13 interceptions, rushed 44 times for another 159 yards and one touchdown, ended up with 363 fantasy points, averaged 22.7 per game. I mean, nobody thinks that Matthew Stafford had a good year last year, and everyone's probably worried now because Gronk is gone, or uh, (laughs) Megatron is gone, sorry. But, I mean, his last, uh, oh, geez, since uh, week 10 at Green Bay, he put up 20.2 fantasy points. Points, then 23, 38, 21, 20, 24, 24, 27. You know, those are quality numbers, and you're going to be able to pick right. him up in your draft for a dollar. And knowing that the running game is questionable at best with Amir Abdullah and, you know, Theo Riddick. Well, what's Theo Riddick? He's not the running game. He's catching more passes out of the backfield game. You know, so there's a guy for a buck that I haven't even been targeting, but I think probably should be because you're going to get great numbers from him. Um, right. I think a guy like Joe Flacco, too, you know, he was hurt last year. Before he got hurt last year, he was actually putting up the most fantasy points per game in his career. Uh, last year, where's, uh, let me see, Joe Flacco only played 10 games. He's averaging 21.6 fantasy points per game last okay. year in the 10 games he played. And also, all of his weapons were hurt, too. But before that was the best of his career. Before that, in 2014, 20.4. Before that, 18.2, then 18.7. And a guy like Joe Flacco, who's he got there for offensive coordinator? Mark Tressman. Mark right. Tressman, everybody, every other year calls the quarterback whisperer. 
there you go. You got two quarterbacks right there that are going to average over 20 some points per game. You can get them for two bucks. You could stream them week in and week out. And, uh, you know, you're going to have comparable numbers in the end to probably one of your top three quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, and that's, and those what do you are think guys about, you're gonna be able to uh, in a second. You're yeah. going to get those guys for a dollar, right? Yeah. Which is. Yeah. So. Yeah. Which Go. is good. Very cheap. So, I mean, and I'll, if, and, so since we're talking about that, I threw some more numbers together here for the fantasy. I'll have to throw this down on a chart too, because I'll probably talk yeah. way too fast for everybody, but <laughs> I looked at streaming quarterbacks last year. So these are guys that you would have either got for a buck or you would have grabbed off the waiver wire probably. So last year, Cam Newton was the leading, um, quarterback. He was quarterback one, 455.5 points. And this is just in a, Normal PPR, not getting extra points for rushing. So he averaged 28.5 points per game. So week one, Mariota probably could have grabbed them off the waivers or, you know, somebody might have took a stab as or QB2, 27.1 points. Tyrod Taylor in Buffalo, uh, week two, 34.4. Tyrod Taylor in week three, 27.1. Kirk Cousins, 24.6. This is, I mentioned a different guy. It's a new week. Week five, Andy Dalton, 32.4. Week six and seven, where I went with Brian Hoyer, 27.2, 25.7. Week eight, Alex Smith, 29.1. Week nine, Merrill, 5.1. Week 10, Flacco, 29.5, 27.2. Week 12, Tyrod Taylor again, 31.2. Week 13, Mariota, 42.6. Then weeks 14, 15, and 16, all Kirk Cousins, 26.3, 39.1, and 33.9. So if you would have had all those quarterbacks that I know didn't get drafted or were a dollar off the waiver wire or wherever, they would have put up 492.5 points. That would have been an average of 30.8 fantasy points per game. And that would have beat Cap. Oh, gee, different quarterbacks there, blister. It's pretty hard maybe to stream them all. Somebody might own them. Yeah. How is that possible? So I cut it down to only taking Tyrod Taylor, Marcus Mariota, and Kirk Cousins. Because it would have been quite possible to have those guys. So where I didn't mention those names, I went back and substituted their points in. And in some cases, it worked out to be a little bit better, or some cases, a little bit left. But just with Kirk Cousins, Tyrod Taylor, and Marcus Mariota, they, uh, they put up 476.7 fantasy points, uh, still better than Cam, averaged 29.79 fantasy points per game. So almost averaging 30 fantasy um, points per game. And that was Cousins, yeah. Tyrod Taylor, and Mariota. You weren't drafting Cousins, Kirk Cousins waiver, and Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and Mariota. So that's pretty darn good. And that is that would have been a definitely a reasonable thing. If you're going to stream – you might as well have two or three. You're going to have to have two, obviously. You might as well have three if you can pick. I mean, this would have, you would have had to have been part, you know, on the ball, part maybe genius to know exactly which weeks to play them and stuff. But, right. you know, it's only tough at the beginning, really. Like when you start seeing, you know, how teams match up against another team's defense or how weak this team was last week, they give up this many fantasy points for this person and so on. Then you can start playing the matchups a lot better. Like there was some matchups last year. You just knew you had to play the opposing core, like DFS. If you play DFS, you really pay attention to that more so because mm-hmm. you're, you know, it's a weekly thing. You're playing week to week and you're trying to win good cash doing it. So, that, I mean, that I think to me that's more than enough proof that if you can get those kind of numbers out of Kirk Cousins, Tyrod Taylor, and Marcus Mariota, that would have averaged actually better than Cam Newton, who was by far and away the number one guy. 
then so be it. I mean, you have to put in more time. You have to be a guy that can't just draft your team and walk away from it. Like, if you draft Cam, boom, you set at quarterback. You don't draft anybody else. But if not, you're going to have to play the waiver wire bid. You're going to have to pay attention and stream. And uh, it's just interesting the numbers that you can actually put up by doing that and then put that money into something else. Well, and that was going to be my question. Is So, sure, you could take these undrafted guys or $1 guys, but when do you play them? And that's the other thing you took, you know, which one was the best that week. And the best ball, it doesn't matter. And that's why you love drafting those types of guys in, in best ball. But, yeah, you need to, especially for those first first few weeks, trying to figure out, well, which guy am I starting this week? Because you don't know much about them, especially those guys last year. I mean, you didn't know what Tyrod Taylor and Kirk Cousins are going to do and Mariota's going to do as a rookie. Um, but yeah. I think that that's, that's got to be the ballpark that you, that you need to be drafting in. If you look at overall points, I don't know, let's say around quarterback nine is 290 whatever points down to like quarterback um, 16 or 17 where you're about 270. I mean, you're only at uh, – 20, 25 points difference between those guys, which is a couple points a week when it's all said and done. And I think mm-hmm. saving saving a few bucks there, adding five bucks to your receiver and going from Jordy Nelson to Allen Robinson or whatever it might be is going to score you more than two points a week, you know? So Well, you know what? I'll tell you, Bucks, I actually have some numbers on that too, and you didn't know that. But I looked at all <laughs> the positions. And I looked at the top player and the 12th ranked player in each position just to compare, you know, your QB1. This is the top end QB1 to the bottom end QB1 and so on. And I only did it for 1 to 12 at each position. And obviously the reason why we, we don't need to spend a lot of money on defense is from the defense 1 to the defense 12, the difference in points per week was 1.7 fantasy points per game. So okay. you don't have to go and spend 8 bucks on Seattle when you can get somebody else for a dollar down the road that can .7 fantasy points per game is not big. And then we always said the same about kickers, why you don't have to go nuts on kickers. The difference from the number one kicker to the 12th ranked kicker was 2.2 fantasy points per game. Then interestingly enough, the third lowest was tight end. From tight end 1 to tight end 12, the difference last year was only 3.5 fantasy points per game. Which, you know, I mean, if you added all these up, it's going to be substantial. If you're going to be looking at uh, 10, 23, about 24 points probably if you had all the number ones versus the number 12s. Uh, sometimes I've won leagues by point one. I know that. But then the third one is at running back. The difference at running back from the number one to the number 12 was four and a half fantasy points per game. The second largest difference from 1 to 12 was actually a quarterback, 6.3 fantasy points per game. And the number one overall difference from the number one receiver to the 12th ranked receiver was 7.4 fantasy points per game. Okay. So the thing is, but I mean, so the biggest two. I don't know. I, the, yeah. the only thing there, like if we are going to reference back to JJ and his um, point is of those onesie positions, right? So quarterback one through twelve well, is that where you're just going to go? Okay, because it's that it's comparing apples to oranges, really, right? Yeah. Well, that's the key. That's what I was going to say. It looks like it's a big difference, but it, you know, you know, in receiver, you're probably starting three of them. So if you can have, if you can still go back, like I said, I was, I showed you fantasy points for those uh, Tyrod Taylor, 
Kirk Cousins and uh, Marcus Mariota that they would have right. scored Cam Newton, who is your QB one. Those guys weren't your QB one every week. They were some of those guys, were some of those weeks. But uh, you know, you could make up that difference in fantasy points per game. But if you uh, here's the difference: if you drafted uh, Cam Newton last year, or if you took whoever it was at eighth, say, or who was number twelve last year, um, I just want to find that out real quick. Who fi- who finished twelve? Or was preseason 12? Uh, I'm just going to see you finished 12 last year. I don't know. I have like uh, Philip Rivers in front of me. Yeah, According to fantasydata.com, I have Philip Rivers at 12, Ryan Fitzpatrick oh, okay. at 11. I have Aaron Rodgers at 12 on this one, but. Philip was 10, 11. Anyways, uh, the key is though, if you're only, if you're going to spend less money on your quarterback, you can put more money into that wide receiver position. And then definitely if it goes from the first ranked receiver down to the 12th is 7.4 points. If you're going down to the 36th ranked wide receiver, there's going to be a bigger gap, but you go back to the onesie position, like we were saying, it's much easier to play a streaming thing with a tight end or with a quarterback versus like with receive them. So the gap is if from one to 36 is going to be quite substantial or one to 24 and running back is going to be even more. So if you can grab, that's where you take that extra money that you didn't spend on your quarterback or potentially even your tight end and pour it into those positions that you need to have, you know, if you can get two or three guys at receiver that are potentially top 12 or top 15, that could be the difference maker. That's where the gap in the points is produced over top of, you know, streaming your quarterbacks and not picking the most expensive one. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's definitely it. And that's the argument J.J. makes with the late-round quarterback idea is that we say, well, you look at the difference between running back one and running back 12 and compare that to quarterbacks, and you just you can't compare it because, um, because of that, right? The idea that... You in your league, there potentially could be if if you're running three wide receivers and and flex and it's PPR. I mean, you could have forty eight, fifty um, receivers being started. So, yeah. oh, for sure. Well, even to go from the first ranked receiver last year down to the thirty sixth ranked receiver, you're losing thirteen points a game. So if you can, you know, then take that money that you saved on quarterback and pour it into, you know, two or three of these other receivers, probably top 15, you're going to, you know, lessen that, decrease that difference or that point differential at receiver and, and put yourself in a strong spot and still be able to produce those top points at quarterback or tight end because you only need one guy and you can start, you know, you've got so many choices out there, you know, the waiver wire that could potentially produce any given week. Right. Yeah, well, exactly. And the three guys you mentioned earlier are just waiver wire pickups, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So anyways, I think that that's kind of where I'm looking to is in that kind of that range and whatever that, however that tier kind of shakes out, um, hopefully you can get it somewhere in the middle of that horseshoe and and get the guys rather than for the rather than four or five dollars in that tier, get them for two or three, and run a couple of those guys. And the speaking of that horseshoes, I'm putting an article up that Slim has uh, as wrote today. We'll put it on the website, and it'll be um, 
a little bit of a preview available in the free area and the full one in the membership area, but it's about this auction horseshoe, the idea of how tiers um, and when they, when the players within that tier get nominated, how to try to save a couple bucks by grabbing the guys in the middle of that, of that tier of the nomination tier. So that article will get hopefully put out tonight. So it'll be available for uh, full, full article available for members tomorrow. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for blister when it comes to the draft is I don't care who it is. I just want to make sure he's a $2 quarterback. Yeah. And I think there'll be a lot of choices there and I, and I think you can't go wrong with that. You know, it's, uh, but I think Phil, I mean, Kirk, Kirk Cousins is, I think he'll be in line for a good year again. Marcus Mariota should be good. I think they're talking about letting him run the ball more, so he should be able to pick up more points that way. So yeah. there's, it just seems to be there's so many guys, like, and even the numbers do show that the number of, you know, fantasy point producers in the last five years has gone quarterback where there's so many. I mean, you're looking at, like I said, 20, Six, did I say 26 guys last year had 300 plus points? So that is, uh, maybe, well, that was 2015. No, I think I might have said 18. I don't know what I wrote down. I, I got <laughs> too many, too many things going on right now. I don't have the right page here. Uh, oh, 20. Oh, sorry. 26 guys averaged 20 plus points, but 18 quarterbacks got over 300 plus points. I mean, 18 quarterbacks on any given week, they're obviously having good weeks, but that means yeah. you know, they're, they're, um, uh, you know, there's more than you're starting 12 usually in a normal league, 12 starters, and you got more than that sitting there on the bench that you're putting up points all the time too. So that quarterback, I think that's the way to go. But what do you do, Bucks? Now, all of a sudden, if you're sitting there and staring at, you know, because everyone listened to us and I'm not paying on quarterbacks, all of a sudden, you know, Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or Cam or somebody's sitting there and they're seven bucks, eight bucks, nine bucks. You know, what, at what point do you say, oh, it's just too cheap? I, I can't take them. No. I mean, well, is there I think, a point uh, for you? oh, I think so. I think a guy, well, I mean, I, I don't think you're going to get Cam for, you know, less than 20 bucks or those types of guys. But I think that, uh, you know, let's say you see, um, Russell, uh, Aaron Rodgers in that, uh, I don't know, $15 range. I think you got to take a poke at him there. That's, but I, a guy like Aaron Rodgers, I have, the thing is I have an issue with him is that he's not always consistent from game to game to game, right? Like he, he, he's up and down and, and we've talked about this before on the podcast that he, from week to week, isn't a great performer. It's at the end, by the end of the season, he's got great numbers, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, and if Jordy Nelson stays banged up or tweaked, I mean, then that'll throw a whole wrench in that whole offense. I mean, without Jordy Nelson last year, Cobb was terrible. Devontae Adams, who was supposed to be good, was awful. So, It'll just be awful. But, I mean, even if you go back, I'm just looking at a game logs for Aaron Rodgers in 2014 when Jordy was there. He's 13 points, 32 points, 12 points, 32 points, 19 points. Like, I mean, if I'm going to mm-hmm. spend 15 to 20 bucks plus on a on a quarterback, I want him scoring 25, points every 27, yeah, 35, yeah. yeah. And if, if yeah. you look at – and listen, we've talked about this before, but so Jordy Nelson was there. Okay, so um, – one, two, 
three, he had three, four weeks in 2014 with less than 14 points. 14 points. Not 24 points or 34 points. Like, that's terrible. You might as well, you you might as well put Alex Smith in there. That's right. You know, and pay, and pay a dollar or two for Alex Smith and you know you're always going to get quarterback 14 out of him. But 14 points is not going to get you quarterback 14. No, that's right. And so those, so those are some of the issues that I have even with some of those higher end quarterbacks. Um, I'm actually going to look at Alex Smith right now in 2014. 17 points, 17 points, 23, 25, 12. He had two games the whole season where he was under 14 points. Three, three looking here. So he had, right? So he consistently scores better. You know, does he have the 32 point game? No, he doesn't, but he does have, you know, three or four or five games that are in the twenties. And you spent a dollar or two on them rather than spending twenty dollars. And so that's the big issue I have at the quarterback position. And yeah, I mean, I think Slim last year, didn't he end up taking it? Was it I feel like he spent money on a quarterback and he wasn't necessarily planning, maybe he was price enforcing and got Peyton and got stuck. Peyton Manning one year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he yeah. Was, but I was shocked. I just blew, blew me away. I thought, what Slim? And I think he was trying to price enforcement and got him, and I think that really that screwed things up for him. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, that's my philosophy anyways, and I think there's going to be some guys in your draft, and we've got guys in our draft that they, they don't want to have to screw around with who am I starting this week, who am I not starting this week. They just want to be able to plug and play, and they're like, all right, I'm going to spend $32 on Andrew Luck, and yeah. I'm going to do it, and I'm going to, you know, and I'm going to set it and forget it. And I'm all I'm going to do all year is really work hard at who am I playing at flex. Yeah. Right. That's going to be, that's where they want to work hard. And, and that's fine. That works so great for me. <laughs> for sure. Right. Yeah. I'd like to see them take, spend. I'll take Matt, Matt Ryan and, and, uh, you know, Alex Smith and, or Ryan Tannehill or, you know, spend two or three dollars in, in any of those two types of guys and, so fine. to to all our listeners who are going to go with a cheaper quarterback, nominate Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, and Aaron Rodgers first. Get them out there. Let people spend twenty five, thirty five bucks on them because that takes money out of their pocket. So when they start bidding on running back or receiver, they won't have it. So get them out there. Get them out there that you guys you don't want, so that the money is gone, and you can it'll just help you out even more. Yeah, and then. You know, sit on it for a little bit. Um, find that tier is the sweet spot that you like, and say, okay, um, Philip Rivers, and set a price point for that tier, right? And let a guy or two in that tier go, and then hopefully you'll get the sweet spot of that tier. And you got to be patient on it. That's the big thing. There's, I think this year there's, you know, eighteen. Well, let's take take a look at our rankings. You can go all the way down to really Alex Smith at twenty four, Jay Cutler at twenty five, or at twenty four. Sorry, um, you could have any of those guys, right? So you just be patient. Don't feel like, oh, I'm not going to get a quarterback. You're going to get a quarterback. That's I think sure. that's. I think the waiting game makes it tough too, right? Uh-huh. I'm two hours into well, our auction draft. I don't there. have a quarterback. Yeah, there's a lot out there. 
so many. Yeah. Especially in a 12 team yeah. league, it only starts one. You know, the guys that I, I, I just don't understand when you watch, you'll see guys draft Aaron Rodgers and pay 28 bucks for him and then turn around later and draft Ben Roethlisberger for nine. Like, it's, yeah. you know, it just doesn't make sense, but that'll happen too. And that's well, even better. Week covered. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's just terrible. But if you're going to do all, if you're going to do all that work to say, who am I going to start Andrew Luck or Ben Roethlisberger every week? Then why not do the same amount of work to say, who am I going to start uh, Marcus Mariota or Kirk Cousins? You might as well. Because yeah. <laughs> it's harder to pay the big money on Andrew Luck and then have him on your bench that week. Yeah, that's right. Which we've talked about before too. Another reason to um, lowball these onesie positions because if, it doesn't work out for you. You have no problem putting them on your bench. You have no problem dropping them for, you know, uh, Mark Sanchez or, you know, who all of a sudden goes off and goes crazy, right? Like Nick Foles did before, you know, won me a championship because I, you know, drop a, drop Andy Dalton, pick up Nick Foles and drop Nick Foles and play Andy Dalton, right? And won me the championship Nick, that year playing those. Nicky things. Foles. He might be a cowboy, they say. That's what they say. That's so. yeah, Ron. <laughs> you win your yeah, championship and go to your team. There you Wicked. go. Yeah, no, but um, I think that that's yeah. part of it there. So, anyways. I don't know. I was going to say something, but I forgot what, so it can't be too important. Maybe we better okay. talk about tight ends. Well, I was just going to say we're uh, we must be late by now. I mean, tight ends are more or less the same thing for me, Blister. I mean – You've got it's just like the quarterback position. You're going to have a few guys that are going to go for a lot of money. I don't think I'm going to spend. I'm going to spend that at the tight end position either because I think that there's that tier in tight end ten to tight end twenty two that you could take it or leave it kind of. Yeah, it's the same thing. I've I've done my. I mean, never will I own Gronk. He's too expensive in an auction. Jordan Reed, he's going for a lot of money, and I mean, he's really one concussion away from not even being in the league. So it's a little scary. And Greg Olson, I like him, but I can't imagine paying you know twenty five bucks for him or fifteen even. Delaney, I, will, I can't imagine me playing double digits for really any tight end. I don't think you need to. Delaney Walker, uh, Kobe Fleener, Kelsey. <laughs> They're all projected to go for double-digit money. Tyler Eifert might not, especially if he misses some games. But and I mean, the guy has a bit of an injury history. Um, but you know, there's not a lot of options in Cincinnati. That's why a lot of guys are scared off. And I've seen them price keep dropping down. Um, I, I, I'm of the belief that if you can get, you know, even 13, 14, 12 games out of Tyler Eifert when he, if you can find somebody else to hold you over, I think he could do well just because. There's not a lot of options in in uh, Cincinnati, you know. They've uh, yeah, no AJ Green and then Joe will probably be on the team. LaFowl is he'd be great, but I don't have a lot of confidence. I don't know about the rookie Boyd. You know, they lost Marvin Jones and Mohamed Sanu, so I I just think that if um, Eifert comes back, he's going to be catching maybe some more passes and definitely still be that red zone threat. But uh, going back to that list, who do you? Uh, who do you like their box off that list? Well, I mean, if we're looking in that, you know, two to three dollar range, I don't mind Eric Ebron this year without Megatron being there. He hopefully should be a red zone target. He's athletic. He's all those things. Um, Zach Miller comes to mind in that ballpark. Um, 
you could sneak a Charles Clay in because who knows what the hell's happening in that offense. And then I think Will Ty wins the job in New York. And if you're drafting early enough, you pick him up for a buck at, you know, where most people won't, wouldn't even think about drafting him. And he finishes a, um, you know, as a tight end 11 or something like that. That's a hell of a deal. What do you think? Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I ended up with a lot of my teams. I have Zach Miller this year. Uh, I think Zach Miller, you know, is going to be uh, a big part of that offense in Chicago. I really think he could have a good year. And again, he's going for next to nothing near the end of an auction. Antonio Gates, he's, uh, I mean, if he's going to be playing, he's going to be healthy. He's going to put up numbers, uh, with Philip Rivers. I mean, he just, he looks for him. I, I think, uh, while Zach Ertz could rebound, I mean, he's going to cost you seven, eight bucks probably. Dwayne Allen is a guy like um, Jordan Cameron is another guy that uh, you know could finally bounce back a little bit this year uh, to to um, put up some fantasy numbers. I, I, there's a lot of different options to, in in Miami, um, but. Both Martellus Bennett and Zach Miller did great under Adam Gase in Chicago, and Adam Gase now is in Miami. And I think that if if Jordan Cameron is ever going to have a decent year again, this it's going to have to be this year with Adam Gase, and no, no one's talking about him right now either. So he's a guy to take a flyer on later on, um, because I think that with Adam Gase there, he should get him involved in that offense again, and he did have talent, but. After that one big year he had in Cleveland, he's hasn't done much. So guys like my, I really, I, I mean, Martellus Bennett, a lot of people are quite excited about him going to New England. And I like New England. I just, I, I just don't see him. You know, I, I can see him having a good game here and there, maybe be a better best ball type player. That, But I don't just think there would be any consistency there. I, I really don't think he's going to be, you know, the Aaron Hernandez. Um, so, I, I really don't put a lot of stock in him, don't have a lot of shares of him. So I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of tight ends here that could could have good games. Um, after you get away, I think Ladarius Green, you know, should. We all expect him to. Julius Thomas should be good, but both those guys go for cheaper than, you know, the big names. Gary Barnage really isn't getting any love, even though he finished uh, as a top five tight end last year, top three, if I remember correctly. Uh, fourth, sorry, fourth. You know, and there's a guy that, uh, well, if he's still not quite 100% healthy, but if he's playing, I mean, there's a lot of question marks at receiver there. He's the only guy that's been, you know, been there, put up numbers. The only difference could be, though, RG3 could be at quarterback, so that could change, you know, change things a little bit he's for him. Been looking, he's been looking good in camp, RG3's been looking good. <laughs> yeah. Today. Well, yeah. Uh, I did some number crunching with tight ends too. Yeah. Looked at tight ends who had over 150 points and then tight ends who had over 200 points. And you know what? The numbers have been similar since 2011, 714. Then in 2012, 11, 11 the next year, 12, and then 11. So we're looking at 11 or 12 guys that'll put up over 150 guys over 200. We got five guys in 2011, five again in 12, six and 13, five and 14, and five and 15. So the numbers are pretty consistent. There's those four or five guys that are going to put up over 200. Uh, last year was Gronk, Reed, Walker, Barnage, and Olson. Um, before that, Gronk, Graham, Gates, Olson, and Martellus Bennett. So you can take, you know, Graham was actually in there. Uh, 
from 2011 right through to 2014 as a guy who put right. up uh, over 200 plus. But he has kind of fallen off the face of the earth now all of a sudden. It's amazing. The other guys that did that are like Tony Gonzalez. He's retired. Jason Winton was in there for a couple of years. Vernon Davis for one. Julius Thomas for one. Um, so really, Heath Miller was actually in there back in 2012 too. So, you know, only guys that are really consistently in there right now, potentially this year would be the guys from last year, Gronk, Reed, Walker, Barnage, Olsen have a chance. But I think there's a lot of other guys that have a chance. But again, if you're going to spend up on tight end, you know, 50, 50, well, I guess I shouldn't say they're over 200 plus. I mean, a couple of times guys hovered over 300. Rob Gronkowski, the one year was probably would have been the second highest uh, point getter, even in, in, um, receiving ranks so that's right. a big question and we've done articles on it before is do you take Gronk or not and you know for me he's too expensive yeah me too and I and he's an injury away from you know he's going to get banged up and now you're not going to get him for 16 weeks or probably not even yeah. 14 weeks right so then what do you do you spend yeah. 45 bucks on Gronk and you're combing the waiver wire for hope and a prayer yeah yeah, you really don't find that kind of production, and especially in tight end circles. You know, if Gronk goes down, you you definitely can't replace him. Yeah. So uh, it's tough. Yeah, I think those these two positions I draft very much in the same way, and I, I love the comment that you made earlier about throwing out the big name quarterbacks in the first round or your first couple nominations. And I think this is another position to do that too. Throw Gronk out right away, get him out of there. Throw Jordan Reed, out, get him out of there right away, and you know, then, then you know, all of a sudden the guy's got uh, Cam Newton and Jordan Reed, and he's not bidding on much for a long time, right? So it frees up some money for you, and, and away you go. And there will be guys that have uh-huh. that, right? Two rounds in, oh, they've got sure. Cam Newton and Jordan Reed. Well, some guys want to come in and try to get, they'll have, okay, this is the top three guys at this each position, and they'll try to get, if they can, they'd like to get one of those guys at each position or one of the top five at, in, in each position and, and build their team from there. And, and it's not a, you know, it's not a bad strategy. I mean, I've toyed with, we've done a few snake drafts this year too because of those different like pro am type leagues, celebrity leagues or these other things where you try to, um, or, or like the data force one where we're, you know, trying out a new site and, you know, I've toyed with some different strategies where, you know, I've had, if I felt like I was kind of weak at one position, I really wanted to make sure I was as strong as I possibly could be at every other one or as many other ones as I could. So, for example, yep. you know, in some drafts where I thought maybe I'm a little bit weak at running back, but I want to be strong at, you know, everything else that I can't saw. I'm going to get the best possible two tight end combination or best, I'll even go after the best kicker possible, the best uh, defense possible, just so that if, if I can shore up as many holes as possible, instead of being mediocre at two or three positions, be really good as many as I can so that I really only have to concentrate on hitting the waiver wire for my running backs, for example. Right. You know, So, for example, if it came down to the choice of being picking uh, Ladarius Green as a, a second tight end to perhaps uh, Tyler Eifert or, or Greg Olson or something, or I could have been picking, um, you know, another re- uh, running back, say, I don't know, uh, TJ Yeldon or somebody like that. TJ Yeldon's not necessarily going to help me, but a guy like Ladarius Green's going to give me 
you know, so much depth at uh, tight end that I'm not going to have to worry about that position all year long, for example. Yeah. So I want to make sure that my, you know, so I've toyed with that. And in an auction, I would probably look at that similarly. I'd say, okay, well, I, I want to make sure I'm strong here. So I'm going to spend 15 bucks on my two tight ends, and I'm going to get, you know, Zach Ertz and uh, Delaney Walker, or if, I, if that was possible, Travis Kelsey, whoever I could. So now I'm good there. I don't have to worry about it. So. I don't even know where that story and rant came from, but that's just, uh, <laughs> that's that's just it. where it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that my strategy with the tight ends and the quarterbacks are hasn't hasn't changed in the last couple of years. It's really, you know, where do you put your money in the? Do you put them in the running backs? You put it in the receivers? Do you combo it up? Like, what does that look like? And that's where, like you say, you're tr- experimenting with different uh, lineups. And that's where mocking come, comes into play. That's where, um, like I said before, just even just making teams, right? Spending your $200 and saying, it could look like this, or it could look like this, or it could look like that. And what does your team look like if you spent money on Greg Olson and Andrew Luck? What does your team look like if it's um, Alex Smith and Zach Miller? And which one do you like more? Which one do you trust more? And having doing that in your mocks um, or out on paper or whatever the case may be, it's that practice that when you get into the draft and you're like Slim was a couple of years ago and Price enforces on Peyton Manning, he goes, oh. But he knew where uh-huh. he was going once he did that. It wasn't like he went, oh, and then went, oh, well, my draft screwed. He went, okay, well, I'm going to plan D. And I know yeah. what plan D is because I've been there three times already. Yeah. You know? So yeah. it's doing your homework in that regards. That's for sure. Yeah. No, you gotta have a lot of plans and a lot of options and, you know, I'll just talk. Like, if we do all this stuff and we do, we do our, well, we're supposed to be doing a lot of writing and it's not. <laughs> you guys enough. have been doing some writing. All that makes me want to do is just draft though. So now I have to go ahead <laughs> and draft. There you so. go. Well, we'll try to get that mock draft in next week and we're, Blister's just talking about writing. You can head to the website, thefantasyfootballauction.com. We do have free articles that are posted on there. We do have some, uh, free auction values that are listed also on the page. But if you want to become a member, 1495 gets you, I mean, just like thousands and thousands of words that are just auction specific content. And, um, we just expanded our rankings for the membership area as well as in the running back and the receiver um, areas in particular. So you get hundreds and hundreds of rankings in, in that regard. We have them now set up with a 10 and 12 and 14 team AAV average auction value. And then we do have our, our two metrics of the PRV, which is that positional ranking value, which we talked about last week on the podcast. And, um, we also have that VI indicator, which now I kind of have heat mapped on the on the website as well. So the green will indicate guys that are of good value. The red will be guys that you should be staying away, and yellow is kind of that cautionary stuff. So taking a look at where the value is found according to our average auction values. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> so that's the that's the type of stuff you're going to get out of the the <clears throat> members area. We're also trying to create a members community using Google Spaces. So we've got a few guys that are on there. We're trying to generate the auction community that way. If you're not interested in um, supporting the website through the membership, 
you can support the podcast, go on to iTunes, give us a ranking or a rating, give us a, um, a review. All of that will help us out. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at fantasy auction or the, Twitter community we're trying to start for auction players as well as at FF auction advice. So that's a place you can go to ask questions about auctions and, and we'll be there answering those questions as well. Anything else, anything else to add? Um, Blister, I think we covered quarterback and tight end probably pretty good and we're well over the hour mark. Yeah, no, I'm, I think that's good. I hope next week we can get uh, 12 live people to do our auction mock and then we'll be able to talk about that and, it's the best way to get a feel for prices and then you can strategize from there. Yeah. So probably what we'll do is um, post on Twitter, maybe a day before the podcast. So take a look maybe on Monday of next week and say, you know, we're going to set up a fake ESPN league rather than setting up just in the um, mock auction lobbies, just set up a league um, and get some people to come in. And so some listeners, if you want to come in and, and uh, mock with us, we'll, we can post a link and get some guys dialed in and it'll be the three of us and we'll be looking probably for nine other guys then so we can get a 12 team in there and do a mock and we'll record it live on the air at least the first few rounds because it's interesting. We usually go in with different strategies and then talk about what it feels like trying to draft to that strategy, you know, quarterback heavy or running back heavy or that type of thing. So the mock auction episode is always a big one and uh, be on the lookout on Twitter because we'll probably post a link out there to try to get some guys in on that mock with us for next week. Oops. Right, Blister? That's right. I don't know if All right. just disconnected or not. But... No, no, you're here. Goddamn. All right. Okay. Am I here? Are you here? You're there, bud. All right, it's buddy. All okay, so it's uh it's late. We got a, a late start tonight, and it's Wednesday, and we were uh, anti-slim tonight. Or sans slim, not anti-slim. We're never anti-slim. Sans. And uh, so hopefully, sans. We'll get we'll get that all organized for next week. We'll get the mock auction going, and uh, it'll be good. So, Blister, hopefully, I'll well maybe I'll see you on the links tomorrow, men's night. I hope so. Maybe. Yeah, and if not, I'll be at Shasha um, with the one too many T's. And nice. for the rest of you, I will see you when it's springtime in the Rockies. When it's springtime in the Rockies, I'll become.